Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm quite excited today. I have a French-born Julie Roxanne Krikorian with me. We have a special story, which uh, I hope you get as excited as I am. We have known each other for a little bit over four months, I think, by now, and that uh, we have been working together, but we have never spoken before this. So we've exchanged several emails, and I said, let's not talk before we do the interview so that this can sound as spontaneous as it can for you guys. A little bit about JR, as everybody calls her, before we uh, give her the chance to say hello. She was born in beautiful Reunion Island, which for those of you that don't know where that is, I didn't know. It's close to Madagascar. She went back to live in France in Paris at 17, where she started pursuing a career in history and archaeology. But then she switched lanes and went into culinary school. She realized her lifelong dream was to become a chef. So here it is. She became a Parisian chef and she worked for four years in restaurants in Paris. That already makes me very jealous. And then she realized there was more to life. She quit everything, including a, a long life relationship, for what I understand, and started traveling the world. So I don't want to keep talking. I want you to hear it from JR herself. Hello, JR, and welcome to the show. Hello, Letty. I'm happy to be here. I'm very happy. One thing I didn't share with you is that JR is the producer and editor of the Back to Basics podcast. We met through the podcast fellowship, and uh, we've been on this journey of creating podcasts together. And she has, with her fiancé, Alastair, a fantastic podcast, and we'll get into that, called Far Out. So, JR, so tell me more about your bringing, your growing up in Reunion Island, and, and how did it all play out, and, and how did you end up going back to, to Paris? Yeah, my parents went, moved to Reunion Island with both of my brothers. My big brother is 10 years older than me, and I have a younger brother who's uh, two years younger and we moved to Reunion Island when I was four and I grew up there and it was amazing I mean it's amazing to grow up in a tropical climate because there was no coats no closed shoes there was no winter we could just we could just go around and and run around under the the, the rain which was one of the things I loved the most and so when we were there my parents got divorced about I want to say two, four years before we moved back to France with my mother. And so my dad stayed in Reunion Island and we came back with my little brother and me and my mom to France. Those were pretty tough years because it was very uncertain and we re it was very unknown. All of a sudden going back to France and having to adjust to a bigger life, a bigger city, a bigger... It was, every, it was very hard. After four years in Marseille, 
which is in the south of France, we, I moved to Paris to study history and archaeology, as you said, and I loved it for a year. I loved it so much, and it was like my passion in my life, and I thought this was the real thing, and I was going to really do that for the rest of my life. And uh, during the summer between my first and second year of university, I had to do an archaeological dig, uh, that was part of the curriculum, and I realized that, oh, if that was what it was, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very uh, physical and demanding, and I realized that my two options if I pursued that life was either do that job where you're in the trenches all day long and digging to find pieces of tiles and, and things like that, or you're in an office all day long reading books, and none of those options appealed to me. So I continued for another half, another semester, and then I quit, and I didn't know what I was going to do for a while, and that's how I ended up finding the idea to actually go back to what I've always liked, which was cooking. Interesting, interesting. You just said something that calls my attention. And, and I just want to share how old are you? Because I think this is important. You're the youngest guest I've had on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm 27. And that to me is amazing because I talk to a lot of people, both for the podcast and obviously for what I do as a living. And you don't find people that at a very young age are clear about what they want and what they like. And Many people would have just finished the career you had started, being unhappy, and yet you found the courage to say, I quit. I believe that that courage really defines who you are in your life. And I mean, we haven't even shared with our audience today what, where it is that you're living now and what you've done is just <laughs> so exciting. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because sure, we have a lot of corporate people with fascinating stories, but I also want to capture, you know, different paths through life where people embrace different ways of, of achieving happiness. So you went and you say, okay, no, I want to be a chef. Now I know this I love, and you went and pursued that. And then what happened? Well, so then I actually worked in that field for four years. I really liked it. The first years were really intense very hard brutal honestly I, I come my both my parents are doctors and I come from pretty uh, intellectual like family and that uh, explains it by the way <laughs> that, you're, <laughs> that you're such an intellectual yourself <laughs> well yeah I kind of was born into it but it was actually funny to decide to say, no, you know what? I'm going to do something that no one expects me to do. I remember the day where I told my dad I was going to do this and I told him after I decided so he could not say no or he could not really <laughs> give his opinion. He was a bit baffled, but I think he accepted that I needed to do this. And it was really outside of my comfort zone to go and work in a in a career that is, first of all, so male-oriented. It's like very little, very... There's not a lot of women in there, and the few that are there, you have to pretend like you're guys. That's kind of the rule. Uh, so that was really intense, and the work, the physical, the physical work. I mean, I I wasn't raised for physical work. You know, you you grow up, your body shapes differently, and so in my case, I had to really adjust really fast, which is one of my 
characteristics I would I would say is that through throughout everything I've done I've done everything really fast really well and then I usually sort of move on faster than I would be expected to <laughs> but it, it's always been really um, hard because I think in school you get taught that you you know you get a career and then you do that for the rest of your life and you just have one path one job and it was very hard for me because I for the first few years after high school I just went back and forth between a lot of things and I I so I I went to history and archaeology and then I was like okay that's not it and then I went to cooking and then after four years I said hmm you know what it was fun but I need to do something else because I feel like I'm done with this I've 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 done I've done it That's great that's a good quality I think it's a, it's a fantastic quality Yeah I think it is now I'm realizing that it is I think it was harder uh, at the time because I felt like I kept missing the point or that I kept failing you know that I, I tried something and oh, it wasn't the right one and so I kept I've kept trying other things on after I quit my my job as a cook I quit with no idea of what I was gonna do I was burnt out I was I think in a really tough place personally and and professionally I really needed some time off and I, I quit my job even though I had almost no money in the bank I just quit my job and I knew I had like two months of living in Paris in the bank basically that was what I had and I said you know what I can't figure out the what I'm gonna do while keeping working it's too hard and I'm it's too complicated so I just said okay I'll quit and if in two months I need to go back to work then so be it but if I'll figure it out I'll figure wow, something wow. out you just said something that hit me because you say I cannot figure out what I want while I keep working and at least here in the US the mentality is totally the opposite is I have to keep working to figure out what I want to do and be free. <laughs> And, and and then people keep working and then they never find free because you need courage to say, I only have this amount of money. And if I keep, you know, if I stop working, it's going to finish. But then they never commit to the their decision or to the choice. And once you commit to that choice, then you cannot fail because you have to eat somehow, right? Yeah, that's that's very true. I think that's exactly what happened. And also a lot of serendipity and things that I can't really explain happened that I quit my job in 2015 and up until now, and even now I could have still gone a little longer, I haven't needed to work. That's amazing. And so that's that's been f almost, that means three years. So it's things unfolded in a way that I couldn't have foreseen and and that allowed me to have some time off because I think that's what I needed the most I wasn't I needed to find myself I was 24 20 23 and I had no idea of what I really wanted to do and if that I I don't think I had stopped and asked myself is this really where my life should be going mm -hmm. that you just let it happen You just yeah exactly it was just the routine and the and you you're so tired when you come home from work and then the weekend you you kind of I numbed myself because I was so tired and overwhelmed and then I just kept going and that could have gone on for a long time without really waking up and I think sadly a lot of people go their entire life without waking up and at the same time I don't blame anyone because I think it's really hard 
on a lot of levels to do that. It demands a lot of preparation beforehand, and I think also it um, it forces you to confront maybe darker sides of you, or at least it, it forces you to confront you, which is uh, something that is always... It's a dark side. Always, yeah. <laughs> we all There's, have. There are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We all have them, I think, and, and I think that's what I didn't anticipate that would happen and uh, it kind of took me by surprise but it was very nice and I'm really grateful that I was able to leave and so I left my job and then things kind of unfolded I was in a long-term relationship and that also fell through and so I was early 2016 I was I didn't have a job that linked me to Paris and I didn't have an apartment either so I thought well you know what might as well just pack a bag and, and see what happens. And so that's how I started traveling through France. I was uh, I had just completed the first half of a hypnotherapy training. I was a, I was training to be a hypnotherapist and I had met a lot of amazing people during that training that were all over France. And because now I had all this time, I ended up just going from one to the next and just spending a lot of time with those people who were very inspiring started a lot of work on myself. I had done some before, but that was a, a new level, I think. That is very interesting. And so you start uh, moving around in France, and then at some point you really expanded your horizon because I know your travels <laughs> took you very far away to India. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. And it's it's one of those things that just also really unfolded. I never went with the intention of I'm going to quit my job because then I'm going to travel. It was all just I'm going to quit my job because I can't take it anymore. I'm going to travel because I don't have a reason to stay in one place anymore. And and that just kind of unfolded this way. And I had met someone who was uh, living in Jerusalem. And we connected really well. And he said to me, well, if, if your travels ever take you to Israel, I never considered going to Israel. <laughs> that was just such a weird place for me to go. I didn't even know people really went there. And he said that and it clicked. And so I went there and that was the start of more international travel. So I went to Israel and then I spent some time in Philadelphia and New York and then I went to India for a first time, which was, it blew my mind. The people I met there, the vibe I felt there was something I'd never seen before. And it was very inspiring. And when I came back, because my visa ended, and also because it was the holidays and I promised my family I would spend the holidays with them, I all I could think about was I need to go back. Also because I had a finite amount of money. And living in India costs so little that it made so much sense for me to go there. Mm -hmm. And I could get a six-month visa and figure it out. Because I think that's what I was trying to do, figure it out. What is it that I'm going to do? I don't want to travel forever, not aimlessly at all, at least. or not. I don't want to wander like that. But it was definitely taking that time to... Yeah, get to know myself because I don't think I, I really I really knew myself. And I think it's a constant process to get to know yourself. <laughs> I think I think it's something that takes us to usually my last question on, on, on the podcast, but I think it, it's appropriate now. It's like I think you really were connected to what makes you tick. 
at, at every at every step of the of the way. So when you started, let me do archaeology. Oh, that doesn't make me tick. Let me move to, uh, you know, becoming a chef. After a while, doesn't make me tick. Let me keep moving. And I, and I'm sharing. You're only 27. I can only imagine how many other circumstances <laughs> yes. you'll have through your life where you say no. Next, let me let me try to get to know myself and see how am I happy with myself. So the spiritual, yeah. I guess, the spiritual realm or the spiritual world always excited you, and and maybe that's why India seems so appealing to you. So I think the reason I went to India was another coincidence like that, where a friend of mine was there and he told me, this is our last chance to see each other for a long time. And if you want to see me, you have to come to India. I had never thought about going to India. And honestly, the um, I wasn't raised in a very spiritual place. I mean, my dad was very not spiritual, not religious at all. And my mom was always a little bit more spiritual, but definitely not within the confines of a religion and uh, and so I, I I was exposed to those ideas but I the first I don't know maybe during my teenage years and, and early 20s I wasn't very spiritual I actually was pretty skeptical and very down to earth and I think I had this my little brother uh, gave me a book for my 21st or 22nd birthday and it really changed a lot of things because it was a book by someone who was comparing all the words of the prophets like uh, Muhammad and Jesus and Buddha and and sharing how actually there's a lot of common traits to those word to those uh, teachings and how they're making sense that even like science is telling us right now that if you follow certain principles like that this is the key to happiness and a fuller life and that was mind-blowing to me and I think that's when I, I started being open to the idea of maybe more of a something spiritual but I'm actually pretty down to earth still and I I just have seen I think the faith that I've developed has more to do with the chances I've taken in my life and seeing that somehow some things always pan out the right way that there's like maybe something that has my best interest at heart but I don't know what it is and I wouldn't even dare use the word God because I think it's too there we've put too much too much on this word but it there's just you know quitting my job with two months of living in the bank and and three years later here I am and and I'm doing what I want and I'm living the life I want I, I don't think there's I don't know. I, I don't think there's an explanation for this, but it's pretty amazing. And I've noticed that if I jump and I take the leap, if I let myself fall long enough, something will catch me. That just that's just what I found. Wow, that's that that's already my my social media quote from you right there. <laughs> I love it. If, <laughs> if you fall long enough, something will catch me. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you, you, I think you trust in yourself and, and that trusting also in something else that things will be okay. It's part of, of uh, spiritual growth. When we learn uh, to abandon ourselves that we cannot control everything and it, ha it has to be the way it has to be, then really things start happening. And uh, sometimes you're, I don't know, there's a story about someone drowning and, and, and he's holding on to like a little floaty thing and he's holding on to it so tight that he fails to see land is very close by. 
you know, oh, and yes. he could have That's swum, great. but then, you know, I don't know, a shark hits. I mean, so many other things can happen because you hold on so much to what keeps you safe in your mind that maybe is preventing you to, to be free. So mm, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So you met someone very special while you were in India. Yes, yes. So I, so when I went back to India, that's actually when I met my now fiance and uh, almost husband because we're getting married in a month, two months. Yeah, this is big news. Since we met, yeah. they were just, you know, living together for a while and then they got engaged while we were doing the <laughs> podcast fellowship and, and now they're getting married. So it's almost like we've been on this journey with you guys also through your <laughs> podcast. Yes, yes. It's it's been really amazing. We we met in India and so he's his name is Alistair and he is Californian and uh, he was a business manager and he also had a kind of burnout and left and started traveling and we met during his travels and and mine and uh, we just really clicked and I think the thing we said to each other the first because when you travel and you meet someone it never is something that's going to last. Usually, as travelers, someone always ends up leaving for the next destination. But the first time we, he or I or we made the decision to leave where we met and go somewhere else, the reason we decided to keep going together was that we didn't want to say goodbye yet. And uh, and I, two years later, I, I don't want to say goodbye yet. I'm, I'm feeling really good with him. Well, so. good thing you're getting married then. <laughs> you know, because it would yes. be a problem if you wanted to say goodbye and you're getting married uh, in a couple of months. Yes, that would be very complicated. Yeah. And we've had we've had wonderful travels together the first year. we Two months after we met, we did a trek, a month-long trek in the Himalayas in Nepal, with a one-man tent. Wow. So, yeah, that that uh, that tells you all you need to know about how, like, quickly we put the relationship in the fire. And if it wasn't going to work, it wasn't going to work. Yeah, you definitely are in those circumstances where on one end it's a little bit easier because when you have stuff that ties you up, it also brings, brings complication. But also, you know, you have, when you take one day at a time, you have to be extremely flexible with each other because i know that uh, e each one of us has their own ways of doing things and that's when things get complicated yes yes very good so so you guys you know you live together now you made it from india and now you live in a very special place right now that when yeah. when we first met i say wow they live the life <laughs> that's why i say that she would be perfect for this podcast well yeah so we uh, after a year, more than a year of traveling together, we were starting to get really tired of it and wanting a home base. And we didn't want to go back to the life. We didn't want to go back to the get a job, get an apartment, live in a city. It, it, it felt too heavy to think about. And uh, that wasn't what we wanted to do. And so my aunt and uncle have a piece of land in the southwest of France and they had told me about two years prior to that that if I ever wanted to come and drop my bag for a little bit that there was always a space of 
of the property that could be mine. And I could park like an RV or something on there. And I always had this idea at the back of my mind. And that was one of my backup plans after traveling. If nothing happened, I was just going to come back and do this and just live like this by myself. But Alistair came along and we started talking about this together. And we ended up buying a caravan, so trailer, but it's a, it's a, tiny house on wheels basically and we've renovated it completely even though we have no skills at DIY we knew nothing Alistair has become quite the electrician and plumber and I've become quite the woodworker and it's been really fascinating to go on this journey this learning journey together and uh, and we've renovated this over the last year so 2018 and we've been living out of it i would say part-time because we still travel quite often just because his family is in the us and and uh, we we're we're creating a lot of businesses that lead us to uh, travel so we've been living in this part-time for about since september of 2018 so i would say maybe maybe six months eight months and we love it. It's an amazing little space and uh, it's just perfect for the two of us. And since we have invested our time and energy on this on this place, we have started really putting down roots and creating a lot of things. We've launched a retreat company together from here. It feels like this is our little HQ, but you have to imagine that outside of my window, I just see trees. It's the forest. There's nothing, you know, we get, we get internet from our phones that we use as hotspot and, and that's good enough. And we're just running three businesses out of the, out of here for now. And it's taking off. It's working really well. We record our podcast in here. It's, uh, it's our little hub and we love it. No, and it, and it, this is why now I think people listening to this know why you have my admiration because when when we were all starting this podcast journey, everybody was sharing, oh, my podcast is about this, the other is about healthcare and, and you know, everybody's very interesting subjects, but then you guys came in and you say, well, ours is going to be called Far Out. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be about, you know, living in unconventional places and doing unconventional things. And, and we were all like, oh, wow, that sounds like really fun. And, and uh, <laughs> I became one of your first subscribers when you launched it. And I really, really recommend anybody listening out there. I'll let you talk about a little bit about your podcast, but uh, you have to check it out because they both uh, do a fantastic job at co-hosting the show and the dynamics are amazing. Well, thank you so much, Letty. We are having a lot of fun doing it. It started much faster than we anticipated, and it's been a blast. We are talking about... It's called Far Out Adventures in Unconventional Living. And so we share the everyday struggles and the everyday joy of living an unconventional life with all that it implies which is it's not very certain i mean there's a lot of uncertainty and you have to embrace the uncertainty and that is a very difficult practice to do yes. <laughs> even i mean even i think even when you've done it for a long time it still is scary and uh, we are sharing our journey on this so we have episodes talking about our lives what's happening in our lives and also we share about different topics that uh, we feel could bring something to the listener so i've 
we've recently uh, recorded an episode about how we handle our finances as a couple because we think that we do it in a way that can be pretty unconventional too and that's we like to share that because it might resonate with people and also most importantly it might inspire people to do their own unconventional thing it doesn't have to be exactly like what we do but it can be just what suits you You don't have to follow what is taught to you. You can also make your own rules and decide what works for you. And that's really what we're trying to do with this. That's that's fantastic. And, and it leads me well to my next question, because in seeing you guys do all this, and again, I don't want to, um, how would you say, press on the on the subject, but you, you, you're still young and starting, you know, I'm 45. I don't consider myself that old, but let's say that <laughs> I've been through some hurdles already. And now you're getting married and uh, now you're uh, starting businesses. So, you know, you're podcasting, you're editing services. When we started talking, I think I was number two or number three. And I say, JR, I need help. If I want to keep this podcast going, I need someone that helps me edit. You want to edit? Let's just do it. And we've been working great. And yeah. one of the reasons why we're publishing every week is because of JR helps me to have the episode ready for you guys. But <laughs> but then, you know, also as a businesswoman, I see it that the better you are, the more the business world and the more the conventional level living drags you into it. Because now you have probably five customers or six i don't know how many but you're... i i can't even i can't even tell you i, I would need to do the, the the calculation real quick but it's probably around that five but you're six. busy let's say you're busy i, now I am very busy yes <laughs> and I'm so very busy are you scared that at some point that success is gonna drag you back into the things and the feeling that you dislike when you were cooking back in paris or when you were studying That is a very good question. I think, hmm. I ask a good question. I love it. <laughs> no, no I, you, you do. You do. I, I really love all your questions. This one is, is particularly interesting because I, I don't ask myself that very often. I'm such a head first and we'll figure it out later than, that I don't really overthink it too much, which sometimes can be a bad thing. No, But, or a good thing. That's that's probably yes. the, the the success, you know, that you guys have is just you go heads first and 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 you go for it. So if yeah. you don't want to think about it, don't feel pressured by my question to keep no, this no, continuity. No, no, no. Actually, I think I think this is amazing. I think the the answer to this question is probably that, despite my young age, that I know and I'm really grateful to still have this much time, hopefully, on on this planet. I think I've already gone through a lot of situations where I committed to doing something and then I had to back out because it didn't feel right anymore. And it's always hard. It's always tough. But if there's something that I've learned about myself over the last 27 years is that I really don't like to feel trapped in something. That is very scary to me and that creates a lot of anxiety. And that is actually the moment where I will want to leave is if I feel like I'm trapped. But if I create enough breathing room for myself and enough moving room that I can shift and pivot and decide to reevaluate where I'm going, then it becomes something that grows with me and not something that I have to break free from. Okay. Well, so I think... I think that's what I'm hoping to do. And also, if that if I can't do that, then I've, I'm not afraid to 
say no this is not for me anymore and and start from scratch again it's uh I've done that a lot already. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. I, I, I say, I think is that, and probably that's your episode is something related to like the power of quitting when the time is right. You know, it's like sometimes we're afraid, like I'm a perfectionist and rarely do I quit something. And uh, there's been a few instances that, that, you know, it's better to quit from something that's not yielding the results you wanted out of that than living with the anxiety uh, that you're going to feel from just not achieving the results that you want. And it's okay to quit. It's okay to walk away. And uh, in business too, I've learned my dad, who is my, also my boss, sometimes, you know, when we are negotiating a deal and I, as a salesperson, I want to get it. He says, you know, we don't need help to lose money. We can do that on our own, you know? So when it's a deal, the deal looks good, but then you realize, oh man, if something goes wrong, we're going to lose money on this deal. But you get mm. so focused on winning the deal that you forget, you know, the repercussions. So he always say, to lose money, we don't need help. We can go on a cruise, <laughs> we can do something else. And, you know, I've learned that lesson and, and, and we've been saved of, of very bad business at some point just by saying no. And or by quitting at the right time. So I think, again, that that's a good quality that you have. In my case, I was never afraid to to say no, neither. Even in relationships, people would make fun because I would break up so quick that, that people are like, you haven't even had time to, you know, get to know the mm. person. I said, no, but I saw already a few things that I know I, I don't like. And mm. uh, it's not that I was like too black or white, but, you know, I always say, if you see something that it's uh, in the values that you have. You know how people, for example, treat other human beings. That was very important to me. So if I was with someone that didn't respect others, you don't change that. You know, that's the nature of the other person. So I always try to move quickly. Now that the circumstances change when there's kids involved, now that you're getting married, <laughs> once there's yes. kids involved, uh, then you know you're somehow... I wouldn't use the word prisoner because you're not, but you're attached to something and you cannot move the the same way you you did when you didn't have the kids. So, but it's, yes. it's a great experience. So that's why people have it, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, sometimes I do feel a little bit prisoner of that. Like, oh, I cannot do this because at this stage in my life, I have to give priority to the kids. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that is something I'm working on too, because I think... It comes easy for me to abandon something that I feel is not working out. But the flip side, and so that has good sides of it. There's good sides about this. But the flip side of it is that I can have a harder time persevering when things get tough and when it's worth persevering. It's there's there's good things and bad things about everything and so this is something that I know I'm I'm working on and uh, just persevering and not thinking that because there's an obstacle in the road that maybe this is not the right road for me because that used to be a mentality that I had which is not serving me very well I think so yeah that's that's great well normally I think I ask about regrets in life but but because of you, I think more I want to ask about bucket list or how you see the future. I know you also, you guys also do mindfulness retreats, which I think is fantastic. And we'll put the information, but you have one coming up in August at the Yosemite Park, correct? Yeah, it's in July. It's from the 6th to the 15th of July, actually, in Yosemite, yeah. Future plans, bucket list. 
God. I, I actually was thinking about this, and I don't know if I've ever really had a bucket list of things I wanted to do, but definitely what the future, what I would like the future to look like is uh, continuing in the direction we're going, which is creating, it feels really like we're creating a life that suits us every day, which is a challenge every other day. There's every other day, it's great. Every other day, it's a big challenge because it would be so easy to take the template that has been given to us, you know, just do it the way everyone else is doing. That's just easy. Well, I've tried and it really doesn't suit me and I've, I'm miserable when I do that. So I'm really trying to put my well-being and mental health first by trying to yeah, continually ask the question, where am I at? And what is it that I want and act from that place and not act because I have a lot of money writing on one thing or, or, you know, just trying to really listen to my center and what it's telling me, even when what is, what it's telling me is not pleasant to hear. Wow. Yeah. You see, you, you are, you are teaching me. I'm learning from you. All, all this that you're saying is inspirational to me. And, uh, you know, we're reaching the end of our interview, but I want to give you the chance in your own words. Is there anything in particular that makes JR tick? Uh, I, despite having left the kitchens, I still adore food. And it's one of the things that brings me the most joy. I was saying, saying to Alistair recently, we went on a, on a quick weekend to celebrate my birthday, which was a couple of weeks ago. And... I really don't need much to be really happy. I just need a cozy space, someone I love or not. Sometimes I'm, I like to be just by myself, which is great because I love myself too. And, uh, and just, and food and comfort. I, I'm a very, despite having done a Himalaya trek with a one man tent with someone I met only two months before, I am a very, uh, homebody. If I think I've heard someone say that once, I like being, in an enclosed space. So that makes me take on a very basic level. But I think what makes me take on a more, if I zoom out a little bit, if I looked at, if I look at the theme that my life is already showing me, there's one thing I can't not do. And it, I just keep coming back to it, which is growth. I just continually improve and look at things that I can do better. And, and f yeah, it's what, It's not what's wrong with me, but it's what can be better. Well, that's, uh, you know, I want to congratulate you because you're definitely further ahead than where I was when I was 27. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to you uh, would agree that uh, you have amazing amount of wisdom and that it's fantastic that you're also sharing that wisdom through the different things you do, through your podcast, through the retreats. You're also are committed to give it back and to share uh, your experiences, which is, uh, we, they are unconventional experiences. So well done on your podcast. And I uh, thank you very much for also being part of my journey in podcasting and for being here today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Letty. Thank you, JR. Best of luck. And until the next time. Mm -hmm.